I, I want to give a big yashikar to my friends, to, to Yaakov and to Deborah Stone and Mitsuli. <clears throat> they came here relatively new in the community, but it was such a rotsam to open up their home for the Ramesh of and and learning and so on. Simcha, Machas, and Bracha in every room. We're on, we're on page Mem. Page Mem. And the Mechabed the Tzaddik is telling us that the surest path, the strongest, the clearest, the most effective way of of changing a heart of stone into a heart of flesh is with drops of water. Right? That's what we learned. Rabbi Kiva saw the drops dripping, dripping on the stone, carving a hole. And the drops of water means, of course, water is tire, water is truth, water comes from above. It means... When there's something that's pushed, absolutely simple and clear and relentless, consistent. Consistence and hashtas. Water is very pushed. And what that means in terms of our exertion, and the tzaddik here goes over and over this, what this means in terms of our exertion is beginning our work in his brightness, putting that hour aside, putting that time of the week aside, beginning it without without any without any dreams of sophistication, without any delusions of fancy meditations and tires and all kinds of things that you might have read about and heard about with meditation. It's all at some point along the road, as long as it's as long as it's coming from a, a holy kosher source, that's all good. That's all good, but that's not how you begin, and that's not what that's not what is going to carve a hole in the stone, in the heart of stone, and to transform the stony heart into a fleshig, warm heart that is that is attached to the Creator. The drops means simple, simple pastas, like we saw. That's what we ended with. We talked about last week. However, Bissol Salanta would take one little sentence from a Gemara an idea from Chazal that that particular evening it struck him in a strong light whatever that was and it struck him as something which was very very important and and he and he lived with it the entire night he repeated somebody heard him repeating it he was walking back and forth and he was going to that over and the same drop of water over and over and over repeating it some of you know that over the years those that have been They've been learning together over the years. There are times like when we're learning something from one of the people, they'll say, oh, this is something we have to live with. And I say that at different times, and it's just a way of saying that remember this sentence. This is, an, this is all the sentences, we're living tired, so, you know, it's an insult to go with a yellow highlighter. <laughs> that you, could do for, you could do that for history, you could do that for... You could do it for a, a, a secular subject. What are you going to do with tired? You're going you're gonna to highlight it. There's no such thing as something that's not highlighted. Because everything is Teres Hashem. Still, nevertheless, we have to have, without the yellow, but we have to have highlights that we live with. And they have to be simple and clear. The simplest is Yesh Bariya is a creator of the world. In English, in, 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 in Hebrew, in Yiddish, in whatever language you it has to be over and over and over again, which is so not used to. Because you know that if there's if there's like a, you know an Isle of Lucy that you saw 30 years ago, you don't have the same cheshik. You're still waiting for the new episode, you know, and you don't have a cheshik for the old. But in America, we're very very hung up on on something on new, and and the old. It's an ultimacy. You don't want to chaz it over over and over again. You don't want to chaz it over. But our whole Pesach and all the tzaddikim how they entered into our is some zehashal is is with pastas and and with and with consistency. So on page Mem, the second paragraph with the word im im adam yivdaik. 
Im Adam Yivdaik Taiv Taiv Esliboi. Now we're going to we're starting today with a very with a, with a, a, a little bit of a shocking sentence, as you'll see, and it's upsetting. And we 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 we're not going to count ourselves in this, but listen to what he says. Im Adam Yivdaik Taiv Taiv Esliboi. If a person would check his heart very very thoroughly, would check would check his heart very thoroughly, which is something that we. But to begin with, it's not so simple. But we, we're not. Most people are not in the habit of really, really doing that. But im adam If a person would check his heart very thoroughly, It's a very upsetting sentence. He says it's a big suffix. It's a very big doubt. If you check into your heart very thoroughly, very deeply, he's talking. He, he's, he's writing the Sefer for Orthodox Jews, very Orthodox Jews, probably because those are the kind that those are the kind that he knows. Right? He, he, he was raised in, in that world, and his the people that he's learning with and talking to are are steeped in halacha and live lives in the four amas of Torah mitzvahs, and he's saying about us, all of us. That if we check deeply into our hearts, there's a suffix, there's a big suffix, a big question, a doubt. If deep, deep in your heart, you really believe that there's a creator of the world. This is a frightening thing. And you could, be, and we could become very defensive and say, that's ridiculous. Why do you think I'm at the Shiv? I don't believe in God. And why do you think I keep Shabbos? Why do you think I keep kosher? Why do you think I spend most of my money on tuitions in yeshiva? And why do you think that I do all these things? You know, look like a, you know, I wave chickens around my head and I, I lay around with branches and so on. I mean, like, what, what am I doing this? Because I, I, uh, I make a pronouncer from these things or something? Why, why would I do this strange stuff? Of course, we're, of course, because there's a barrier in mind. There's no creator. Zeldova mafia. It's a Frightening thing to say. Each and every one of us is certain that the creator of the world is right inside there. Right inside. But if you really, really, if you're a person that knows the depths of the heart, even if you can't see into your own because of all the stuff, but you're a person that's perceptive and can see into the heart of others. You know that it's a big question. Yeah, there is an institution that's called God. And it's this big ancient thing. And it's scary. And nobody wants to mess up and end up like at a, after 120 in the wrong place. So we try to cover our bases, you know? We try to, we try to cover our bases. We're not reckless people. You don't want to go, you know, 90 miles if it's 50 mile speed limit. You don't want to go the wrong way in a one-way street. I just did that. You don't want to. You don't, you, you don't want to do that. You don't want to do that because we're not because we're not reckless people. So it's safe that since we go thousands of years, there's 80 with the body and that, you know. So we have this stuff, and I came into the world already with mezuzahs and with uh, milk and flesh and pay something, you know, and. Uh, and it's a nicer way to live. It's a cleaner way to live. It's a nicer way to live. It's it, it, it's something that we that we we, we don't want to stop. We don't want to stop. But do you live with the Bible Island, the Amos? The Amos. He says a suffer God. Do you really believe in him? Not not in the institution of God, but in the reality of his of his existence and his presence inside Yakishkis. That's, that's, he says, is a suffer God. It's a suffer God. I told you many times there's a, that there's a friend of mine that told me he works with different yeshivas. I've mentioned this on many occasions. It's, it's painful each time he has me to say. But he works with many yeshivas. All different types of yeshivas, from the most modern to the most Haredi, but the Ghana. yeshivas, all different types. And he says that a, a typical day when he goes to, to when they go when the two of them go to run a program in the yeshiva is that all the, the condition is that all the teachers and administrators have to leave the room, everybody out, because the kids can't talk in front of the teachers, everybody out. Do you believe in God? Do you 
Are you happy that you're Jewish? He says that the overall, it's been lopsided like 80% to 20%. That just would, if they could, they would opt out. If they could, they would leave it. They can't. They can't. For whatever reason, they feel that they can't. Some of them start to feel that they can. And then we have all kinds of things and programs and stuff. I have to tell them that you really can't. But there's something wrong. There's something wrong. So we don't have that. We're not. None of us here are at risk. And we're all okay. And we have. And we believe in God. He says, it's a suffer God. If you understand the heart of a person, the depths of a heart, it's a suffer God. He's not saying, well, you, you don't believe in God. Yeah, there are times, like, you know, especially young Nirvana time, everybody starts to get very busy with God things. And, you know, there are things, like, with God, there's stuff like, you know, whatever, you know, Bliya and Hara, Poo-Poo-Poo's, and different things. There's a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff like that. There's a lot of things like that. But, to live, to live with the very oil of Mamish, Shevisa Shamanagisabad, to believe, not that he exists, but to believe in him, Mamish, in him every second, every second, to believe in him, and to live with him every second, Safagal. Safagal, there's a Bara'ilam like, not that kind of Bara'ilam. There definitely is some creator, every, he, he, he's saying something, but this outrageous, even, even the, Stop a person on the street knows that there's a creator. Who doesn't know there's a creator? But there's still some people who say there's no God. Eh. Most people, most people say there's a God. That's not what he's talking about. So we don't believe there's a creator. We'd be crazy. It came like this, Stam. No, there's a creator, but that's not the Shalom of the tire, you know. The Shalom in the science books and uh, in the newspapers, and the Shalom that you know at the Academy Award that the winner says. <laughs> And most of all, I want to thank God. That's not our Rabbanish, I understand. <laughs> because there's a creator, so he says he wants to thank God. And, okay, you know, he did something. But that's not, that's not our Rabbanish. That's not our Rabbanish. That's not Shavisa Shanayi Sonny. That's not, that's not what was given to us in Har Sinai. Thank God this and thank God that. And, you know, that's not what was given to us in Har Sinai. So he says, a suffer God. Vihi, I'm sorry, Vadai, Shabhitsainius, Shabhitsainius, Shabalai, who names so there's no question that God exists in us. And the Chitsainius, the outer, outer layer of the heart, there's a God. But, what, but we know that when God tells us to do something that we really don't want to do, then we find out that maybe God doesn't exist all the way inside. If God tells us something that we really don't like, what happens when God tells us something that we really don't like? God tells us something we don't like. You find how you react? How, how, how a person can have a strong reaction when God tells you something you don't like? Because most of the stuff that God tells us, we like. Especially as we grow older. As kids, we don't. But as we grow older, we like it because it gives us a framework of life. It gives us stability. It gives us a home. It gives us a nice thing to come home to. It gives us Shabbos. It gives us all that stuff. But like when God tells you something that you don't like, is He speaking to you from inside your heart? And you bow your head in humility? to the God that exists every second inside, or do you start to get defensive and say, well, I don't know if you know, that's what God is saying. And, you know, and I, I, I don't know what that means. And, and uh, you know, you don't have to be that religious after all. You know, uh, this is uh, 2007, and, and, and I can't be the God ever intended that, uh, you know, that, that, uh, that God ever intended that boys and girls shouldn't be, couldn't be able to be in school together, in a classroom together. Why would God ask, you know? God never read anything about modern education. No, maybe he once felt that way, but now he feels differently. You find yourself saying strange things that indicate that God is... You have a, you're not going to say there is no God, because you can't not say that. So there's a God. But his existence is very, very delicately placed on the outer coating of your heart. And if there's something that's inside your heart that you want, then God gets pushed to the side. But we do this all the time. Consciously or subconsciously, God gets pushed to the side. If you were raised, let's say, again, you know, I don't, I don't hold back, and I'm sorry, because I never mean to offend anybody, God forbid, individually, personally, ever. But you know that if you were raised in a way that, let's say, a woman doesn't, married woman doesn't cover her hair, you were raised that way. 
and everybody you know around you, and everything is, everybody's happy, and they're all going to their shuls with their, you know, and they put on their little things, and they walk around like that. And, okay, and you were raised that way, and then and then all of a sudden, like something, like somebody begins to develop this whole thing in front of you about how, you know, there's a lot of evidence in a couple of million stars that you have to cover your head, and there's only like you know three or four things written by Amaratsan that say you don't. So look how the the creator gets pushed to the side. Because he exists on the outer layer of the heart. And since in the inner part of the heart, you want to wear the hair the way that you're comfortable with, that's the inner part of your heart, to look that way and feel that way, whatever it is. And it's, no man can ever judge that. But that's how you feel. Say that. But when, and then when, then when God starts to speak, he's speaking to you, who then? So there's a God on the outside layer of the heart, and, he, and the outside layer of the heart can never compete with the inside of the heart. can never compete with the inside of the heart. So it's like you can get any yeshiva bacher and say, look, what are you doing? What are you doing with that girl? You know, what's going on with you? You, you know, you're learning Torah during the day, and then you, what you, what's the matter with you? You live a double life. It's very hard for God to, for the God who lives on the outside of the heart to compete with his girlfriend who's, who's hanging around on the inside of his heart, right? The inside of the heart beats the outside of the heart. I think that's pretty understood. That's how we live. But the inside of the heart is stronger than the outside of the heart. So if the Bayre Island of the Creator exists on the outside of your heart, so he'll be successful with like having milkers and fleshies. And you know, you go to the black kosher restaurants. And you know, that stuff is okay. You might even put on the right kind of skirt and you know, you'll do a lot of those things. But when it comes to something where, where the where God is competing with the inside of your heart, he's doomed. He's not going to be successful because it's not a pneumius. Pneumius. If the Barishlam is not a living, breathing kibyoch, I mean, but it is not a living, a living being in your in your life, the deepest, strongest, most present existence in your life, you can be the most intelligent person in the world, and you're going to come up with all kinds of strange things to explain the things that you do that are against what God says you should. They'll come up with all kinds of interesting things that would never that would never work like in a college course. And you'd never pass your final if you wrote stuff like that. But in religion it could work. Why? Because the world doesn't really want God all the way inside. The world is comfortable with God being on the outside, so you can get up at the academy and say, Thank God, you know, that, uh, I want to thank all my twelve wives. <laughs> may, they, may they rest in peace. And, and, and you know, for everything that uh, that they that they did for me before they were mysteriously disappeared in the, in the, in the river. So, and you could still say, God, thank God, thank God. I want to thank God. And that's okay because that God doesn't that God doesn't interfere with your life. You understand? It's possible. So, so when he's saying that it's a suffered God of whether or not God's inside of your heart, he doesn't, he doesn't mean to say that any of us would say there's no God. That's absurd. It's just where is God? And who is God? So, Vada, he says that when the Chitzonius, the Chitzonius, the Chitzonius, the big question in your life, in our life, the big question for each and every one of us, is whether or not this simple truth of God has penetrated, Chodrul and Nimei Halev has penetrated to the deepest, deepest parts of the heart. That's the question. That's the that's the question. Hanakuda Pnimi Shibalev Zunakuda Hapshitas. The, the the way to get into the inner depths of the heart is not with lectures and fancy sophisticated stuff that doesn't get into it because there are all kinds of roadblocks our hearts have unbelievable roadblocks the holiest thing in the world which we spoke about over the years is not, I'm not going to go into it now because it should be Indian is the, is the brach that we make of Tal like now we say Marit HaTal Tal. Tal is something that you never see. Do. The do of the morning. You don't see it full. It just, it's very, very fine. It's very delicate. It's imperceptible. It has a way of sneaking in to the world. And you see this. Tal is the holiest thing. It's that presence of God 
that drips delicately into the heart of the Jew. Pshitas. Rain is something else. Like the Gemara says, rain is sometimes good, sometimes it's not good. The Gemara Tana says, because sometimes rain can cause a big problem. But the Gemara says, Tal. Tal is always a blessing, and you never see it. It's so pushed. It's so pushed. Like, I, like many times I've mentioned, just to use other commercial, you should only know from simplest. But you know, like by Levi, how many times you've heard this, that the simplest things, right? And so somebody gets up and says about that the grandmother, the grandmother would every time, every time they would come over, the grandmother would, would, would bring, uh, would have a cake ready, please. And you're sitting there and you're wondering, that's what you have to say. It's an 85, 90-year-old person, but she, she was a baker. I mean, that's the, that's the... That's what you remember, but you know, by every levi of, of every of every bobby, that's like the main thing, is that she fed us. Remember, I'm telling you, take pay attention. I'm not talking about the rabbis get up and they say, you know, gracious about the kindness of I'm not talking about rabbis. I'm talking about the emes when the when the when the children or grandchildren get up and they talk, they say about how grandma, how bobby, or bobby, whatever they call her, how she she would always buckle up the top button of my coat when I was leaving in the winter, and she'd give me a little stroke on the face. That's called tal. It's not geshe. It's called the dew. It's, it's very, very soft and it's very, it's very delicate, but it's consistent. It's consistent. That's what the children hear. That's what we hear. That's what the heart receives. Hashtas and consistency. When you're raising children, I don't know all these different sheets about chinuch. I don't know anymore. Like what's going on? You see people that they follow all the rules of Chinuch and they, then they come up with kids that never have all kinds of confusion. And you have others that everything is like, woo, just like, you know, ping pong on the beach. The kids come out to be wearing like, you know, scrambles and back <laughs> You know, it's very hard to know. I mean, there's something, you got to do something, you got to try. But it's very, it's, it's very odd. We're living in a very crazy world. It's crazy times. I don't know anymore. And I don't, and, and, and you haven't heard me over the past years. I don't talk so much. Sheet is in the Chinuch, which I was very stuck in these Yonam, you know, growing up over the years, but I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, as I'm getting older, I, I realize more that it's the, you know, that it's the, it's the ragalach that, that the grandmother has prepared. And not, not the sheet, this nechinah, which is this, this was exactly what my father told me when we had our first child. And I told you many times when he saw that, that, that my wife bought this book on, on raising children that my father looked at it with such disgust. And he said, what are you getting? So you'll excuse me, but this out, you know, from the old country, that you get this is what you have for going to come tell you how to raise your child this is what you get some some ridiculous book and just be good to the children and, and love them and be fair with them so I thought gee my father is such he's so out of it because <laughs> he doesn't know like there are different secrets like when you read when you open up these books and they tell you like type A type B type C type D you get the whole olive base and you try to figure out me and then I don't know this kid looks like a like a W, but this will not be a B. I don't know. And then, and then there's a certain mahalach. Like if you got a B kid, then you got to talk this way, you got to do this way, you got to do that. And if you got, if you have, uh, if you were stuck with a, like a, you know, a, a Z, then, then oh, you have a Z kid because there are certain signs that, that it says. And you look at this and it says about your kid in the Z chapter. It says about that. And you look at this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds. Yeah, yeah. My that my Yankee. My yeah, yeah. My my sorrow, Yeah. So then he said, well, oh, if you have a Z kid. Then you gotta do this and do this and do that, and you say, okay, I mean, that must be a big person that got published. So I'm gonna have to do that to my kid. It's 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 all it's all not working like that. It's not working like that. This doesn't go like that. What works? Pashtas. The do. Pashtas. Pashtas simple things. That's what the children remember. The simple things are what we remember. Consistent and simple. Consistent and simple. That's what stays with a person. That's what penetrates to the depths of a person's heart. And you could try to make it fancy. You could try to make it with all kinds of interesting things and ideas and games. And The bottom line is pashtas and tmidias. Consistency. And that's what and that's what he's saying. The inner point of the heart receives and is open to and is affected by 
Nakudas Hakshitas. The point that is simple. Nakudas Hakshitas. Shifri Kamayim Libech, Noichach Pneasha. It says in the Megillus Eicha, Shifri Kamayim Libech, pour your heart out like water. Noichach Pneasha. In the presence of Hashem. Pour your heart out like water. So he says, Habechi, Noilad Minikudas Abshita Shibanefish. What causes a person to cry? There are many reasons why people cry. Crying comes from a very deep place. And, and that doesn't mean that every person that cries is crying for, their, for a good reason. That, that's, but, but crying is something that comes from a place of Shifis Shebenefesh. Shifri Kamayim Libaych, pour your heart out like water, which means with tears. That's really Neichach Pnei Hashem. What that means is, you don't you don't cry you don't cry by reading a scholarly essay you don't cry because of sophistication and complication you cry because of passions in a sad way when, when a certain reality hits you in, in, with absolute clarity and the, there's nothing you could do with it because it's, it's when the emotions are are hitting such a deep place and they then they then they well up inside of you. They they can't go into words because words can't contain them. And it comes to tears. That can be got to do something bad when it's when the absolute reality is staring at you in the face and it push it away. When it's very push it. When it's very when it, when it's very very starkly clear to you. This is what it is, and you can't change it. You cry in something that's in, that could be gutted in a bad way, in a good way, in a good way. It's awesome. When you when you when you look at someone that you love very very deeply, then then the, then the tears can come to the eyes because it's, it's so pushed. Because it's pushed. The second that you put a pen to the paper and you start to write your your sonnets, you know. You start to write your poems. You're ready. It's ready. It's ready. You read it. But that's the best you can do. You want, to, you want to give it over to someone that you love. But the second you start writing it on the paper, it's for fun. It's ready for fun because the tear, the tear is the is the ultimate passions. The ultimate passions. That, that you know that is in one of our Putin's letters. An amazing thing that you've heard. I'm sure, it's in one of the letters in the Igris of the Pachad Yitzchak for Putin's Yitzchak. There was a Talmud, there was a student of his in Chaim that hadn't been there for many. He left the yeshiva because he, he, he didn't want to be connected for a long time to the yeshiva, and he came back for Simchas Beis Shreva. Rav Hutton used to make, I was like to be there once, Rav Hutton used to make a big Simchas Beis Shreva. The Gumen, the Torah, it was beautiful. And Rav Hutton wrote to this, so Rav Hutton saw this former student who had run away from him for a long time. And he came back, and Rav Hutton made him sit next to him. And he sat on the side, and the Vutner wrote in the letter that I know, like, I know how hard it was for you to come back, and that you came back, and and you and I and you might have noticed something strange that when we all were singing that nigan of Dvekas, there was some Dvekas nigan that they were singing, that you saw that suddenly I reached out with my hand in your direction, and the reason that I did that was because I saw from the corner of my eye that there was a tear that came out from your eye. And I was trying to catch that tear, that it shouldn't fall on the floor, because I wanted to hold it with me, so that you would come back to me. To bring with that tear, I would bring you back to me, but you would never leave me again. That's the passions. That's not words. That's not words. That's 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 the passions. It's clear. That's not a lie. It's honest. It's honest. And and that's what he says. That doesn't come as scholars It doesn't come. Some fancy ideas. We see that in order to reach the deepest part of the heart, that's, that part of the heart that's simple, not the surface, but the pneumius of the heart, you have to talk the language of the heart. The language of the heart is Jesus. Simple and consistent. 
That's the language of the heart. And the heart does not the heart doesn't speak other languages. The brain speaks a lot is fluent in many languages. But the heart doesn't understand. Just drops of dew of water, consistent postures. The heart understands. That's the language of the heart. If you try to if you if you're Yiddishkeit, if you're Yiddishkeit, if you're Amuna, if your Rabbanishlam is the product of Haskalas, of ideas, of education and ideas, of speeches and lectures, and so on. If that's your Rabbanishla. Which is again, it's always good to learn. Always, our whole lives, we, we love learning. I'm not saying not to go to a Shia, not to hear a lecture, not to, it's always, always learning. But if your Rabbanishlam, if the Rabbanishlam that's in your heart got in there with education and got in there by means of lectures and, you know, Yemei Iyun and all that stuff, That Rabbi never got all the way in. He just got on the outside of the heart. Because Haskalas can't go all the way into the heart. They just don't. Haskalas don't go all the way into the heart. Pashtas goes all the way into the heart. Not Haskalas. Seichel can control the heart, but it can't penetrate the heart. The Seichel could tell you to be a good boy and a good girl, even though you feel like doing something bad. A Seichel could control it. But it can't convince that you understand. Only pastors can convince the heart. The seichel can control the heart. So your seichel says, you know, I better not do this. Because this, this is bad for me. This can get me in trouble. In this world, the next world. You know, so you might feel like having that piece of cake. But your seichel will say, if you don't have this, because it's bad for you. And the seichel strong. So you have a strong seichel. So you could, you could not eat it. But you haven't transformed the heart. You haven't you haven't penetrated the heart. You just you just like the guy you know with the, like in the circus with the with the with the lion you know with this with the whip and you keep the tiger or the lion you know but you haven't you haven't made the the, the lion into a human being. It's still it's still a lion and and there there are stories every now and then about a lion that all of a sudden said what am I Michigan sitting and listening to this guy and he eats up the guy. It happened it happened, it happened two years ago. There was a, I, I read about this. Uh, this guy was a trainer and he was doing it for years. And all of a sudden, I don't know if it was a tiger or a lion. But all of a sudden, the Chai said, what? I had enough of this guy. Because he throws me a, a, a piece of kugel or something. And for that, I have to be not a lion. I'm a lion. That's who I am. I was always my Zayd and my help. I come from a long line of lions. We'll back to Hasina. I'm going to listen to this guy. The guy stands here and he snaps his fingers and he says something and he throws me a piece of food. I'm going to... And he said, forget it, I've had it. He bit the guy's head off. <laughs> now it's the end. And everybody said, and then they shoot the animal, of course, and it's finished. And, what did he do wrong? He, it, was the, it was the best thing he ever did in his life. No? It was the best thing the lion ever did in his life. And he said, I'm a lion. He was amnesty he was for the first time in his life. Because ever since they took him on the boat from wherever he came from, he was living a life that's a lie. He was, he was living like some stu- stupid robot. And they're bossing him around. They're making him stand on the thing. And then... It makes me sick. I went, I went with the children this past Cholomoy. They had, they had the, the circ- there was a circus. I went the children, my wife and the children, the little ones. But the Emerson, I can't look at it. It makes me so sick. I can't, I can't look at the zoo. I can't look at the circus. It makes me sick. So for the first time in, 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 for the first time in its life, the lion said, "Must speak. I'm a, I'm a lion. Yeah, even though, even though you know, it, it, it's terrible when that happens because a human being was killed. But you have to have their hearts for a lion like that. And they have their heads, that's why they shoot them. Because they don't want a lion to be a lion. They want the lion to be what they made the lion into. Just the same thing like it's with every institution. It's the same thing with all institutions. They don't want they don't want the kids to be kids, they want the kids to be what they want the kids to be. They don't want the kids to be children. Institutions want the children to be little adults. Right? They want institutions never ever are focused. If you're lucky you get a good revenue, a good moral. That's a big it's a big thing. But the institution doesn't care about it. The institution's Indian is that you shouldn't be a lion. That you should perform. That you should be tamed. That's the tachlis. And if you're raised in a home like that, it's very, very sad. But that's the mitzvah of the world. So for the first time, the lion said, it's enough, it's enough, I'm a lion. And all of a sudden, he gives a shrine, and he says, 
I'm not listening to these things from outside of me. I'm a lion. That's the, the, so that's only martial, of course, but the Pneumius Halev is a Pashtus. Pashtus. That's all. That's the language of the heart. The Seichel. Seichel can control you, but, but, the, but can control the heart, but it doesn't penetrate to the heart. So the animal can be trained, but to be transformed. An animal can't because it can't, it can't get to the heart of an animal. What's that, what, what, what is that? They don't, they don't have such a kind of an animal. So you can't get to this. They, they train, they tame, and they try to do the same thing with us, with human beings, that we should behave and so on. But then all of a sudden, like when the when the uh, when the chavis, the guy's not there, your train is not there. So unless the Rebbeinu is in the pnimius pnimius of life, you're gonna you're gonna no misbehave. Something will go wrong. He says, intellect, sophistication, hardly touches, can hardly even reach that place. And the Nakuda Apshuta The simplest things in life we don't review, we don't chazer. We don't go over and over and over again. We don't go over that. Of course I believe in God. I believe in God my whole life. I'm, I, I come from a religious home. I believe in God. So why do I have to chazer over? Why do I have to review and repeat? You know, this to, to go on this program of the Ramchals, to have time of the week where I talk with Pashtus. Pashtus, Yesh Baram is the creator of the world. Shivisa Shamanagdi Sami, the Bani Shalom. I am here to, to, to be your servant in this world. We don't have to. We don't have to say those things. We don't have to say those things. And if the rabbi gets up in front of the island on Kol Nidre and he says such a thing, so for the, that for that I'm paying this guy. They should get up and say, "There's a Bari island for that we pay." Him. And and you wouldn't be you wouldn't impress yourself if you're not impressed with the rabbi that says there's a Bari island. I know that, but he's telling me something new. And I told you a few months ago when the Kedushas Levi. When the, when, when the father-in-law the Kedusha of the Vedicham he was very very angry that the Vedicham went and became went off the Mizicham and became the, the Vedicham because he was going to be like the big upcoming Gadol Hador you know in learning which he anyway turned out but but he he he, he came back from Mezich you know with with, with, with the fire of the Balshamtev and the father-in-law was very angry he was a very wealthy man and he didn't want uh, some crazy chassid, you know. And and he left the family. The Bedicha was in Mezrish for a long time. He came back. And his father-in-law was so angry at him. And he said, what did you learn all of these months that you were in Mezrish? What did you learn? So the Bedicha said, I learned that there's a Rabbi Yishlam. So the father couldn't believe that. He said, really? He calls over, the, there was a girl, a poor Jew, an orphan that worked in the house. And he said, whatever, Sarala. Called her from the other room, come over here. Sarala. Is there a God? So Sarala says, of course there's a God. He says, thank you. Says, God, it's okay, you can go. So he says, to, he says no. For that, you, you left your family and you went to message to be by the Mizzichimagin that you should find out that there's a God. So the Bidichiva said, she says there's a God, but I know there's a God. That's the difference. All of our lives, we've been saying there's a God. But to know that there's a God, that was Mezrich he found that out. And he knew all the Torah before he went to Mezrich, you know. He knew all the, he knew all the fancy stuff before he went to Mezrich. And when the Alter Rebbe, when his, when his Mechutan, the, the Bedicha and the Balatani were Mechutanim, when the Balatani had to, the Balatani was already known as a young man as being the biggest genius in the whole world. The Balatani was ashamed of in the whole world, they were shaking for him. And the Balatani, when the Balatanya was becoming restless, he was becoming restless, and and he 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 already went, he already knew all of Shas, all Shochnach, everything, the Zoy, he knew everything, he knew it inside out, and he was still a young man, and he and he couldn't make up his mind, should I go to Vilna to receive from the Vilna guy, or should I go to Mezrich to receive from Mezrich a tough decision. He was at a crossroads in his life. So the 
the way that he decided that we receive from his mishpacha was that he said to learn cannabis alone. He's, to learn, I know how to learn a little bit. Of the daven and chakemish To daven, I don't know. God, I don't know. And he went to message. He said, God, I don't know. God, I don't know. Okay. He, he knew Kalatarku. And don't think that he wasn't a big tzaddik before he went to him. He was a, a fiery Jew. But God, he's talking about this. Knimi Shiva, Knimi Shiva, Knimi. He said, that I don't know. He might never know. I'll go to message. So he says, but we don't like to house these things. We don't like to reveal these things. So if someone says, do you believe in God? Of course I believe in God. So we're saying we believe in God, but we're not, we don't really know. That's how we began this whole paragraph. Was we're saying, it's a suffer God. It's a big suffer by the Behemoth. and Canemius. Really, really we believe in Him. Really we believe in Him. How can we have a thing where a person, God forbid, goes through some sorrows? I've seen this. We should never know from sorrows. But I've seen, and you've seen, a person who's gone through sorrows, and they have all kinds of spikes, and, and how could God do this? What, what do you mean? Why does that throw you? I'm asking a silly question. I understand people suffer and they have, they have doubts. I mean, they, I, I deal with these things all the time and so do you, with friends and yourselves and myself, all of us. So, you know, someone, God forbid, loses a child. So someone was saying to me, how could I go on, you know, believing in God? So I said, oh, you know, I don't, I don't mean to be in any way to be insensitive and I, and I, and I, I'm the, I never felt the pain that you feel. feel. But you know that the that there were six million Jews that died. And you were able to say Maidani the next morning after six million died. You can't say Maidani after your child died. Those six million people that died also had parents. All right, many of them are not alive, but there were a couple million children, right? But, but that you could live with theologically, that six million innocent people were, were not just died. That you could live with, and there's still a God. And that you could put on film, and that you can keep Shabbos. But, you, but, but your child, Nabuch, died. Your child is not alive. And now that Baruch Shalom is catastrophic if he exists, how did his existence become less clear? The terrace is that your child occupied the inner point of your heart. And God lives on the outside of your heart. And until now they weren't competing. Because now it was... Shayfel would be a good Jew. Shayfel would put any talis cotton, but now there's no Shayfel Hashem And God is only the talis cotton part of your life is only in the Maidanis and the Megalvases on the outside of the heart. The kid was in the inside of the heart. We understand. No one has a time. No one should know from it. But but the inside of the heart wins. And then all of a sudden, the outside of the heart comes into question. How could God do this? Why? God is not just pogroms, inquisitions, you were able to live with all of that. You, 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 you study Jewish history. There's a lot of bad stuff in Jewish history. All of that you were able to somehow work out. Philosophically? It's not, it's not, this has nothing to do with philosophy. You're not a philosopher. And the Kuda Apshuta Shevalev was ripped out of you, which is your child. And God is on the outside of your heart. And he goes down with your kid. Hashem He goes down with your kid. If the moon is not, if God doesn't live deep inside, if God doesn't live deep inside, I, I've often thought about this, and I've shared this with you in the past, that if our generation have gone through the Holocaust, you know, this was so weak, and if you have gone through the Holocaust, I'm not even talking about the physical deprivation, like just managing without air conditioning. I'm, I'm not talking about that, because that would be already, you know, uh, what am I, I, I'm not, how could, how could I go on like this? It's already 15 minutes, the air conditioner is broken, you know. Forget about that. I'm not even talking about that, I'm talking about ruchnis, I grew up with Jews who are, who are strong as, as iron in their amuna. Iron in their amuna. And everything in their lives was taken from them. Not everybody's like that. But you've met people like that. They're iron. Amish iron. The Muna, their Yiddishkeit, it wasn't the Yiddishkeit that was on the outside. The Yiddishkeit, how it got there, it happened without those books, <laughs> without the parenting books. It's amazing, without the parenting weekends and seminars, right? How it got there, by our ages, by our babies, by our, my, by our parents and grandparents, how did the Russian get there? How did he get there? That they were able to 
to have such a moon after what they saw. How did they get there? How did the Russians get there? Was it sophisticated? No. The women didn't even have schools. Well, the last few years, if you were in Poland, maybe the Hungarian women, the Hasidic women that weren't in, in, uh, in the Beis Yaakov, there was a very there were very few women in Beis Yaakov in the whole Europe. How many do you think there were? Basarishna? You think there were a couple hundred? Basarishna was a small operation. Beis Yaakov. All right, there weren't many. The vast not talking about the Sadish, but let's say where the Holocaust was. They didn't have any schools. And, and what about the Swadish women? The Swadish women that could sit and say tell them for ten hours. And the Swadish women that every word that comes out from their mouth is a woman. How did the guy get into there? It's interesting. They didn't take one course on Tfila. <laughs> they never took Biore Tfila. They never they never went to Jewish school. How did the Barishon get into their hearts? Not on the surface. The Barishon infiltrated to the very depths of their of their being. How did the Barishon get in there? That's what we're talking about. The answer is Pashtas. Not sophistication. We're not missing new curriculums in the yeshivas. We're missing old curriculums. <laughs> We're missing no curriculums. <laughs> We're not missing any curriculums. Like in a, right now, as we, well, not as we speak, because they already finished for the day, but there's like the Board of Jewish Education. I, I, I don't mean anything against any institution. I just use it as a marshal. You know, but they're sitting like thinking about new, new curriculums. That's good, because there are always good ways to prove teaching. I'm not, I, I understand that. But the old way, the old way, the Pashtas and Tamimas, Pashtas and Tamimas. There are teachers like that that are being fired and not going to be asked back for next year. The, the, the Pashtas and the Tamimas. If they weren't sophisticated in life. If they weren't sophisticated. I remember my, my son was in Cheda. There was a Rebbe there. He's still there. He made the biggest Roshim on my son. He, he was raised on a farm. It's about truth. I'm a farmer. And he still talks like a farmer. <laughs> And and when I went to meet him, I I was totally blown away by him. You know why? Because he made absolutely no effort to sound intelligent. <laughs> he just said it the way it was, what he felt. The same way that the farmer went outside to the field and said something about the weather or about his cow, that's exactly how he spoke. And 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 I felt deeply in love with him. The first minute that I heard him talking, I fell in love. And, I, and, I, and that's why I understood that the children were clinging to him. Because it is Pashtas. And he was able to discipline them. He disciplined them. But it was Pashtas and Tamimas. And they remembered, they remember everything he taught them. But they don't remember the lecture they heard yesterday. Yeah, the fancy lecture they don't remember from yesterday. The Pashtas of that Rebbe, till 120 they're going to remember. Because he said it like it was like those drops of water. It was honest. It was coming from his heart, and it went in a simple way into their hearts. And the children got it. They got it, and they wanted to make him happy. They wanted to make him proud. And thank God that Cheder understands that a baby like that is a is a treasure, because the because the people the Manal understands and appreciates that. It's not like in everywhere. In another place, they would never get the job. Or if he had the job, they say they call him in and say, uh, "I'm really sorry, uh, Rabbi So and So, whatever. You know, uh, we have certain expectations, and you fell short, Tuprak and you know, in Chumash, and we don't like your homework sheets. <laughs> You'll have to go. Yeah. Back to the farm. <laughs> That's what had happened, maybe in another yeshiva, but it, it happens in this cheder. He was very much appreciated because because the manala understands that you don't find this in a million people, a guy like this, and you know, don't let him go. Because that's the, someone that could talk that way. As if I told this, there's a good friend of mine who's a Chalshavigid, very Chalshavigid, and he had his son who was in that same class. And, uh, and he said that he went there for parents' teacher, and he spoke to the rabbi. And he said that, like anywhere he's ever spoke, he said that he, said that he was having a real hard time with his son. The father's having a very hard time with his son. He's very angry and rebellious. So he went to the rabbi and he said to the rabbi, you know, I. I'm struggling very much with my uh, Moshe, a Yankee, whatever. I'm struggling very much. So the, ra- the Rebbe, slash farmer, <laughs> said, said to him, 
I find I find that if you talk to him, you know, he's got what to say <laughs> about the kid. I find that if you talk, he said, maybe you ought to try talking to him a little bit. You know, maybe take him somewhere and have a talk with him. I, I think he's got a lot of stuff on his. So he, so he said, like, I never thought about that. <laughs> I never thought about that. I thought of, like, every different method, except... And the Rebbe just says, I think, you know, I... I so the Rebbe said, I, sometimes I go, you know, I take walks with him. I take walks with your son. And he likes to, he likes things to, to look in the park, and we talk about things that he sees. He likes to look at the cats and the dogs and things. And I think, you know, he's, he's a good boy. So I never thought of that. Because we're all we're all graduates of the big institutions, right? <laughs> but you need a farmer to tell you, Pashtas and Tamims. That's how it got into our grandparents' hearts. That's how it gets in. It got in then, and it gets in now. It doesn't get in any other way. It gets in only in this way of Pashtas. And Pashtas means reviewing and reviewing the simple nakudas that are true in life, over and over again. The grandmother buttoning that button and giving that piece of. Of kakash or shrid or whatever it might be that you, your favorite thing when you come that your grandmother has for you, it's that pashtas that comes consistently and it's real and it's tremendous. That's what he's saying. And if you don't cause this, Ella Misyach is like If you assume that you that you already know that there's God and you and this assumption by you is something which is a little pashtas, of course I know there's God. Of course I believe in God. If you will grow up and find that you're missing God in the essence of the genius of your heart, and that's why God will always lose, will often lose when he competes with other stuff. And you'll say crazy things like, well, maybe that halacha used to be, or I'm not ready for you, and all the stuff that people say to explain why they don't keep that halacha, that never, Because God never made it into the genius of the heart. God never made it into that place. Therefore, just this last sentence. That you have to know that, in, that you could take an entire hour, two hours, even three hours, and use the entire three hours to review three simple words over and over again. But to say them with thinking deeply and with emotion. What are the words? Or in English, whatever you like, there's a Father in Heaven. There's a God in Heaven. There's a Bereshit inside of me. Three hours, he says. The same words. Because we're wondering, what am I going to fill that time with? <laughs> That's because it was so out of it. You think it was so smart. That's his. Yeish Barilayu. All right. That's a good note to end on. And we'll, we'll continue Bezer Hashem next, next week. <laughs>